Hallelujah. Oh, I want to hear you. Amen. That's better. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you for coming this Sunday. You know, it's a good thing to be found in the house of the Lord. And you're coming to, it's not, you are not taking it for granted. Amen. Because it's a choice, you know. Some people, it's not a default thing to say that Sunday I'm going to church. So once you decide to come on a Sunday like this, that probably you could have gotten something else to do. And it's a blessing. Amen. Last week, Reverend started uh, talking to us about walking in the wisdom of a serpent. And we want to continue today. See that if you are supposed to study even every animal, see that there's a lesson in it for us. Even the way things happen in our lives, there's a lesson in it for us. The last time I was watching uh, uh, Animal Kingdom, and I was shocked that, you know, seeing that we human beings alone have tricks, it is never true. You alone do not have tricks. Animals too have tricks. Just that they don't speak, but they know it when somebody's tricking them. So there was this bed that the bed was like in the midst of, uh, I don't know, I've forgotten the name of those animals, but they were mammals. And the lions and the tigers and all these people were sort of coming to chase them. So they always get the alert. You know when the police is coming and they'll be the siren. The alert that the animals get is when the bird, I've forgotten the name of the bird, that particular kind of bird begins to give a different sound. So once the bird starts to give a different sound, then the animals will start running. Because lo and behold, the lion is coming. But the same bird too feeds on the, the mammals. You know so some of the mammals, they have some small animals on them. So the same bird too feeds on the mammals. So sometimes the, 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 the siren that it gives, it's not always the siren of the lions coming. Sometimes it's also a way of him also trying to disperse them so that he can sit on one. So sometimes the mamas, they are confused. This, this siren, is it the siren of the lion coming or is the siren of the animal trying to feed from us? So you see, everybody has a trick. And even in that, you can learn something. So Reverend started teaching us about the wisdom of snakes or serpents. And we read Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. And he says, Behold, I send you out as a sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Amen. You know, last Friday when we were praying in John chapter 17, Jesus said that I'm leaving the world, but I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world said, I'm praying for my people, but I'm not praying for the world because it is the people that I need to pray for so that they'll be able to adjust and know how to do. Because this scripture, the best solution would have been, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. So therefore, I will take the wolves away so that you'll be free. Isn't that the easier solution? But he's saying that, no, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, but be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. So what it means is that I'm not taking away the surrounding conditions from you. All that I'm doing is that I'm empowering you, I'm giving you some level of wisdom, so that you'll be able to decipher what to do and what not to do. 
Amen. In that is growth. You get it? Because if he decided to take the wolves away, then we can walk as sheep. You know that if you see a sheep or you've seen some sheep, sheep, even though they are very calm, they are very humble, they follow instruction. They are one of the animals that, sorry for my words, they are not very wise. Sheep, sheep, you know, they, you can easily manipulate them anyhow. So even as you, in the Bible, we read Psalm 23, the Bible compares us, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. If the Lord is your shepherd, that means you are a sheep, right? So, uh, oh, that, that's, the, that's the, the right, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, but even sometimes, sometimes you see the comparison of animals. You see that some people are sheep, some people too, they are, they are goats, and some people are hyenas, you know. When you get to the sheep level, it's like you listen. You know, the sheep listens. The sheep, you know, say he leads me beside still waters. Have you seen the examples I said anyway? Goats. You know, you've not been to the hinterland before. I don't know if this country they have goats around, but have you seen a shepherd? Even though there's there's not even a word for the person who takes care of goats. What is the name of that person? <laughs> we, got, we have shepherd taking care of sheep, but we don't have the person because you cannot easily take care of goats because they are very smart people. When you tell them to go left, they are going right because you know they are, where you are taking them is not the right place you are taking them. You get them. So we want to, today we want to look at reasons why serpents are considered to be wise. We want to look at some of the reasons why serpents are considered to be wise. And the first one is that because they have multiplied and flourished more than any other wild animal. They have multiplied and flourished than any other wild animal. Have you, you know, recently, you've been listening to the news. Recently, I, I, you know, there are some animals that flourish at only, today somebody be thinking, why are we in an animal class or are we in an animal, why are we talking about animals a lot? There is, in it, there is something in it for you. Open up your spirit. Amen. You know, there are some animals that can dwell in certain parts of the world only, al- alone. Especially in, in this country, lions cannot live in England because certain kind they can live in sort of uh, the tropical regions. You get it, but the serpent has multiplied and flourished more than any wild animal. Have you heard that the the serpent is going to extinct? It's like serpent. A time is coming that they are going to get finished. No, it will never happen. They have lived and they continue to flourish. And one of the strategies that help them in their flourishing is hiding. Hiding. They know how to hide themselves very well. In fact, they can live with you and be around. You know, uh, you will not be surprised that even you can even be in even your house or somewhere. There will be a snake, but you never know. They will be there with you fully. You know, you know, some, you know there are some people when they come, they start announcing themselves. The lion will start announcing itself. You know, some go to, you know, you say that, oh, the, 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 the sheep bleeds. The, this one cries or that. Uh, do you know whether the snake has make some sound? He hiss. Uh, but you hardly, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't hear. You get it? But the key for the flourishing, one of the keys for its flourishing is hiding. You get it? In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2. Today we're reading a lot of scriptures, so please help me. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2. 
do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Amen. Tell the person sitting next to you, let your words be few. Let your words be few. One way of hiding is that you make your words be few. You get it? You know, the lion is very, 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 you know, he's a very strong animal. The, 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 the elephant is a very strong animal and all that. But when they are around, we know they are around. You get it? There are some people, when they are around, you, you just get to know that they are around. When some success comes, everybody gets to know. Sometimes, you just have to be hiding certain things. You get it? Because the more you expose, there's a probability that you'll be disposed. Amen. So, hiding and flourishing will protect you from premature exposure. You see? Sometimes you might think that the level that you are now, you are supposed to come out. But for all you know, it is not the time for you to come out. You get it? And if you look at how the animals are, the, most of them are just exposing themselves and they are being killed like that. But they're, they're, they're like, no. This is not the right time for me to come out. When I'm coming out, I'm coming out for an assignment and I'm going back. That's it. Because there are some outings that are so irrelevant. It is not very, very, very important. Sometimes you ask yourself, so this thing that I am going about telling people, what, what, what is in it for me? You get it? And before you know, you are, you are, you are just being in a stint. That thing that you thought it was for you would have been lost. Amen. And also, silence or hiding will help you not to sin with your mouth. You get it? In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Amen. So the more you talk, the more you'll be sinning. I can actually say that a lot of sin of the sin of lying. A lot of them can be can be can be can be it will not happen if you if you say a, a few words. You get it. The last time I sent some text message to somebody, and the person was expend, ex expecting a reply. I did not reply. The person asked me, the person later saw me and said, why did you not reply my message? I said, if I had replied, I would have lied. So, I won't. <laughs> because, you see, the, the answer to that, there was something that we were trying to hide. So, the answer I would have given, I was still had to hide it in my reply. So, I will not answer. So that, <laughs> I, will not, I will not find myself in something that I do not want to. Some assignment can only flourish in hiding. They are there are certain things that can flourish in hiding. And I want us to look at David. You see, you might think that after this particular thing that has happened, I'm supposed to expose it for everybody to see. But that might not be the case. David was anointed three times. The first one happened in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon him, upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. You see, 
God wanted David to take over Israel. But the first time he anointed him, even, even when he anointed him, there was no portfolio added to the anointing. He just said, God anointed him. He was just anointed. Even though the main reason for him being anointed was for him to become king. That was the first stage. Imagine if David had gone to town. Because remember, if, when Samuel was going there, Samuel told the Lord that, ah, by this place that I'm going, what I want, if Saul gets to know, what will, what will he say? He might kill me. He said, okay, go do this, do this. Go that you are going to sacrifice. Then when you are sacrificing, after sacrificing, you do it. So even in the process, that God himself was trying to hide something. Because he knew that the, 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 trying to expose the anointing of David very quickly, he would have been killed. You get it? So even though he was anointed, Saul did not know about it. He was anointed in the midst of his brothers alone. A lot of people did not know. He went ahead, killed Goliath, but still, a lot of people did not know about it. He was anointed when he was 17. If it was you and I, by now, we would have gone to town. And everybody would know that, Charlene, you have been anointed. Oh. The oil of God is upon my life. And you remember those days, the people that were anointed, priests, prophets, and kings. Very few people were anointed. You remember in the, in the book of First Samuel, when Saul was anointed, people saw him and said, hey, someone has, Saul has become a new, like he's prophesying. It's like everybody got to, because you see, when the anointing comes, it becomes very clear for everybody to see that this person is anointed. So it became very clear for everybody to see. But David was, had a way of hiding his own because there was still a king around. And for all you know, that particular anointing was not the anointing that was needed to make him the king finally. You get it? Sometimes you might think that, oh, this thing that I have, that is the final thing. Not knowing that it's just the foundation that God is laying. And actually, there will be another level for you to go through and another level for you to go through before you can finally be out to God as who God wants you to be. And sometimes we bring it out quickly. And it's just like a mustard seed and quickly. Because once it comes out very quickly, it's easy. You remember mustard seed or like even an orange seed. The initial stages, it can easily be taken out of the ground. But once it becomes, yesterday we were trying to cut some trees here. Even though it's not a very big tree, but you see that some effort went into it. Once it becomes, it grows and have stems and have leaves. It is not easy. But before it gets to that stage, there needs to be some hiding. You get it? The second stage, he was anointed to be king in Judah. Second Samuel chapter 2, verse 4. Then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David, king of the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, the men of Jabesh Gilead were the ones who buried Saul. Amen. One thing that you remember is that the first time that David was anointed, there was a particular group of people around. It was only his neighbors. Now he's been anointed again to be king of the house of Judah. Remember Israel had 12 tribes. He was now being anointed to be king over Judah. Now there were people of Judah around. You see that even the people around has changed. You get it? So it would be very wrong for you to be anointed when it's only your neighbors that are around and trying to use that anointing to rule over the whole of Israel. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. The people around is now changing. And still David was very cool. Remember he was first anointed when he was 17. Now he's been anointed in, in the state of Judah to rule over Judah. 
But still, the guy was being on the very low, not trying to make it very loud for everybody. The third one, Second Kings chapter 5, from 1 to 5. Second Kings chapter 5, 1 to 5. Then, sorry, Second Samuel, sorry. Second Samuel chapter 5, 1 to 5. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Are you learning something? Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also, in time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people, Israel, and be ruler over Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron, and King David made, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty years. Amen. I want it there. So we see that now David. The last time that he was anointed, he was 30. The first time he was anointed, he was 17. How many years? 13 good years. So it could be that it's in the process of being, in that 13 years, he was being processed. He was being, it's like being in the hand of the, uh, he was being built upon. Certain things need to be built upon. Certain things need to be taken away. Certain things so that he can become the kind of king that God wanted him to become. But the process started. You get it? And the same thing with you and I. Sometimes God is building you up into something he wants you to be. You are not, you are not a finished product yet. All that you need to do is that you just need to avail yourself. It could be that even you are asked you are in this house, you might be given a task. Avail yourself. Just Allow yourself to be molded. Allow yourself to be treated the way God wants you to be. When the time came, remember when God was anointed in the first time, it was only his neighbors. The third time that he was anointed, the people themselves said that we know that you've been anointed. Is it, when the time comes, it is not you who will say it. You don't need to make anything for people to know. The, the, people themselves, the people themselves were telling David that we know that God has anointed you to lead us. Because as at that time, the manifestation of what he had to do were taking place. You get it? If you go ahead, blow your own siren. Like a policeman. You will just, you will just end it very quickly. Amen. Don't go ahead, be like a tiger, and be shouting. Be like a snake. Just be around, but be very cool. Before they get to know you, you've become very big in the house. And now they cannot kill you easily. You get it? Because when you are very small, sometimes it might not take a lot of effort. But when you become very huge, it's either they are for you or they are, or either they join you or they are being defeated. That will be the only thing that will be left for them. Amen. Another thing that hiding or quietness will do for you is that it will qualify you to work for important people. You get it? There are a lot of people or there are a lot of sensitive positions even in the world. When you are going for it, they say you take the oath of what? Secrecy. You get it? It's not everything that in that particular space, when you are there, you can be telling everybody everything. You get it. Even in your work with God, sometimes God will tell you something, that is for you. That is for you. That is for you, not for everybody. Sometimes you might just have to learn how to 
keep your mouth shut. You know, some of us, we can't keep our mouth shut. Before we know, we've said it. And the same thing that we are, we are saying will, some, will sometimes end up being used against us. Then you come up and say, oh, that's not what I was trying to say, but what were you trying to say? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yes. I'm not saying don't talk. Please, this church, we like talking. We like talking to each other. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there are certain things that need to hide. You, you get it. It's not everything that you need to expose it. Amen. The second thing I want to talk about, we want to learn from the snake is that the snake has the ability to live and function in every part of the world. The snake has the ability to survive in every part of the world. Survive in every part of the world. Survive in every part of the world. Philippians chapter 4, 11 to 13. First Corinthians chapter 9, 19 to 20. Philippians chapter 4, 11 to 13. Philippians chapter 4, 11 to 13. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Verse 12. I know how to be abased and how to abound everywhere in, in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 9, 19 and 20. First Corinthians chapter 9, 19 and 20. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Amen. One of the things about the snake is that he is able to live and function everywhere. Some of us is like, oh, this is what I know how to do. If you don't give me this, I will not help you. You should not be somebody like that. You should not, you know the polar bed. How many of us know the polar bed? The polar bed can only live in the Arctic and the very, very cold areas. Don't be like a polar bed. It's like you, you function when it's only cold. No, you should be able to function when it's cold. You should be able to function when it's warm. You should be able to function when it is hot. Every, everywhere. You know, the snakes can live in water. The snakes can live on land. The snakes can live in the desert. The snakes can live on trees. The snake can live on mountain tops. The last time I saw someone, the Malayas, on, I was watching it on YouTube. It's like they can live everywhere. How does it apply to you and I? Can we also live everywhere? It's not just geographically. But can you adjust to everything? You get it? It's like some of us, we are very strict. It's like this is it. That's all. Especially in the house of God. So, oh, you know you know how to sing. Can you add this to it? So, no, 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 no. Me, I'm only into singing. No. It's like it's like living as a polar bear alone. You, you get what I'm saying? You should be able to be flexible. Tell the person sitting, be flexible. Be flexible, you know, be flexible. Yeah. Be flexible. Don't be too slack. Prim and proper. Prim and proper. That's the right word. It's like you, you can't change. Yeah. Yeah. Be flexible. Tell me, I only come for second service on Sunday. If you tell me on Wednesday, I can't come. 
I don't do that. Be flexible. You, you get what I'm saying? Me, I come, when I come, and it's even, it's even, the time is even past five minutes, I will leave. You have to, in the house of God, you must go according to time. Meanwhile, I did not come on time. Be flexible. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Hmm. Snakes, one of the things, the reason why the snakes are very successful is that they are, they are, they are flexible. Very, very flexible. You get it? Yeah. They eat a lot of things. Snakes eat a lot of things. Snakes are not like lions. Lions are not flexible at all. Have you seen a lion eating uh, leaves before? No, 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 no. no. The, the lion can never eat leaves. It's a carnivore for life. But snakes are like human beings. They eat everything. Depe- oh, everything, everything, everything. Snakes, <laughs> you, you get it. Mm. So you should be able to survive different things. You get what I'm saying? You should be able to survive. You should be like Joseph. You should be able to survive in the pit. He, first of all, he survived in his father's house. When he was in his father's house, there were a lot of things around that was not working for him. He survived. They took him to the pit. He survived. You get it? He survived in Potiphar's house. He survived. You remember, I know that when he was in Potiphar's house, in the initial stages, he was not looking very nice to Potiphar's wife. Because you, when you read the Bible, it says that, and he came to pass afterwards. That means, he <laughs> came to pass afterwards. So that means after some time. Yeah. You know some people sometimes when, you, you see some pictures of your old students. When, when, you were, when you were in class with them, you're not looking at them that way. But when you saw, you say, hey, I did the same people afterwards. Now you can look at them certain way. You get it? Mm-hmm. So you see that a miracle has taken place. <laughs> Amen. So, Joseph survived in Potiphar's house. And if he survived when the wife started giving him some signs, and you see, the Bible, you know, the Bible is like a summary because actually I don't think it was just one attempt. No. I think he had tried, tried. What are you doing? You get it? He survived that one too. Then they sent him to prison. Even in the prison, he survived. You get it? Yeah. He might be in your own personal small prison or some level of going to, but you have to survive. Don't let that affect, like, say, oh, because of this, I'm, I'm putting my going to church or my putting my servant of God on hold. When I come out of it, then I will serve God. Then you might not come out of it. Because the person that you need to help you to come out is God himself. You get it. And he survived Pharaoh's palace too. But most of all, he survived betrayal. Because, you see, he survived betrayal from his brothers. Some of us, they, we've been betrayed and we've not survived. We've not been able to come out of it. It's like any time you hear the name. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wanted to mention some names, but I'm not. <laughs> Let me use reverse names. If, well, anytime you hear what Tamilandra, it's like, hey. Uh, I remember when we were in school, the teachers used to tell us that when you do exams, you have to pray because if your name goes to an examiner that the examiner's wife or husband is that name. <laughs> so for instance, my name is Samuel, so if my mother goes to a lady and the lady's husband was Samuel, the, the husband was Samuel, anytime you see Samuel, he becomes Samuel, they will mark me down. 
<laughs> yeah, but 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 Joseph survived betrayal. He survived bitterness. You know, some of us we've been bitter before and we've not been able to come out of it. The wisdom of the snake tells us that we have to be able to survive it. You get it? He survived anger. He survived anger. How do we know that he survived? In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You know, in Genesis chapter 50, after Jacob died, now they, are, they, are, they, they knew that they were left in the hands of Joseph. There was nothing that they could do, so they had to come up with a strategy. So they went to Joseph, told Joseph that, oh, when our father was dying, he told us that you should take care of us. Imagine the old man going to take the young guy that he should take care of them. Saying, you should take care of us and you should not do anything to us and all that. But Joseph made a profound statement in Genesis chapter 50, 19 and 20. He says that Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Amen. So the thing that Joseph went through, he survived it and he turned it around. This was his interpretation of it. His interpretation is that the people meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And the result is that through the betrayal, through the bitterness, through the anger, through the pain, it was to help him save other people. You hear it? Mm-hmm. The third one that we are learning from the snakes is that they are, they, are, they are able to flourish and be at peace even though they are hated. They are able to flourish and be at peace even though they are hated. I don't know any animal in the world that is hated like a snake. I don't know if you have any. They, they are hated. They are, they are, they are actually, any time we see a snake, it ought to be our default mode. All the men will go for, <laughs> we go for, we all leave this room and we all go for uh, sticks and stones. That will be our default mode. Are you sure that the snake does not know that we don't like it? The snake knows, but it's able to live peacefully with all of us. Actually, there's a study that shows that most snakes their first attempt is not to bite. No, no, no. They have, most snakes, when they see human beings around, they fear their first attempt is to freeze. It's like they behave as if they are not there. Then when it becomes necessary, then they, they, they pounce on people or they bite. You get it? So what are we learning from it? That snakes avoid unnecessary confrontation. You, you, you get it? You as much as you are hated, it does not mean that you should be confirmed. It's like, oh, I know these people hate me, and because they hate me, I'm going to. You know, there are some people, it's like, they know that where they are, they are hated. So it's like, in their mind, any statement that is being made is being interpreted a certain way. You, you get it? I know that the people around me don't like me. So, in it, me, I'm, as I'm going, I'm going to fight. It's like, that is your mindset. Oh, behave like the snakes. Freeze. It's, it, unnecessary confrontation is not needed. And the snake understands that flourishing mostly happens in a peaceful environment. Because he knows that once he, the snake does not live peacefully with you, he will not flourish. 
So he will live at peace with you. And he can be there for years, years. So like I said, in most cases, the snake will freeze or flee. Like the case that the snake will either freeze or flee. So what it means is that there are some things that you either just keep quiet or you avoid it. It's like you don't engage. You get it. Because once you engage, it's going to be back and forth. Back and forth, back and forth. So you behave like the snake. You freeze. You like you keep quiet. Or you just let it go. But there are, th- there are some points that you just need to make certain things clear. But that should be the last, it's like the last resort. But in most cases, avoid. Just be like the snake. Avoid. And you'll be surprised. And one of the things is that the snake knows that he is being hated. So he himself is at peace with himself. That's the most important thing. Because if you know you are hated and you, your heart, you are full of bitterness, you are not going anywhere. So you just need to be at peace with yourself. If people, if the person does not like you, no problem, but you just be at peace with yourself. Remember what the Bible says. The Bible says, oh, no one in it except love. So even in the hatred, you just show love. And you know, that's one way of punishing someone who hates you is to show the person love. The person is confused because I, I don't understand. Because you see, the natural inclination is that the person expects you to behave in a certain way towards him or her. But you are smiling and you are... The person will ask, is the person for real or is acting or you are confusing the person. But if you come fighting, the person is alert because he knows that the natural response to hatred is fighting. But if you make the natural response to hatred laugh, you confuse the person. And it's even a way of winning somebody over. You get it. And the last one I want us to talk about today. Is that the snakes, they are masters of contentment. They are masters of contentment. You know, you know, there are some snakes that eat once every six months. Some eat once every year. In fact, I crocodiles eat once a year. You you see, they are actually today I was telling the first that there are actually a lot of things that we don't need. A lot. You know, sometimes you think that your life, you need a whole, you see, there are a lot of things that if you are just being frank with yourself, yeah, you don't need. But you see, sometimes life and everything makes us feel like, oh, if I don't have this, I not, if I don't have that, if I don't have that, a lot of things you can live without. And actually, that will even make your life freer and more relaxed. If it comes, praise the Lord. If it doesn't, you move on. So that there will be, so, there will be not unnecessary pressure you get it? Especially when you start comparing yourself among yourself. You know, oh, my colleague has this, my colleague has that. I need to get that just to get the confirmation. You know, sometimes people get things not because they need it, but just to get the confirmation of others. So sometimes they get, they, they feel something when they come and it's like they are dressing this way and nobody's commenting about it. In their head, haven't you seen that? Should I have changed my dress? Amen. You've seen it just that they've decided not to comment, so that's why. <laughs> Amen. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. I know how to be abased 
and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Amen. You should know how to do certain things. No, you should know how to say that, oh, you should know how to be hungry. I'm not saying that be hungry, but like, it's not like if you're hungry, everybody should know. It's like you're on BBC now because you're hungry. No, you should be fine. Let it not be, let people not be able to know your state by virtue of your demeanor. Whether you, are, you have money in your pocket or you don't have money in your pocket, it should not be, it, because there are some people, even now that we are on the social media, people on their social media, you'll be able to trace their emotional situation as you are now. As they are, you know, even especially some Christians, when they are, things are going on, well, say that he has done it again. And then, <laughs> their status, he has done it again. <laughs> and when you know that they are in expectation, say that it won't be long. The, 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 so when, when are we going? When are you going to? At the point, say that oh no, you, we will not be able to follow you based on it. Is not necessary. Just be content. You you get what I'm saying. And one of the things that if you are not content, it comes it is that it makes you a forward person. Do you know what a forward? You know it's an old word. You know we have toward and forward. You know toward is like, and forward is the opposite. So if you are not very content, it makes you a forward person. And when we say somebody is a forward person, that person is a habit. He always habitually opposes things. If you are not content and you are forward, you are habitually opposing. It's like we are all doing this. So, oh, why don't we do that? Habitually. It's like your way of thinking is always the opposite. When the, 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 the thing comes this way, you are always opposing it. Or you are woefully contrary. It's like you, it's like <laughs> we are going east. We can never go east. So such people, forward people, if you want to tell them to go west, tell them east. Because if you tell them east, they will go west. Because they are never going to go where you want them to go. You get it? And such people are not easily managed. You get it? Don't be a forward person. Be content. Be, just be happy with anything. You get it? And if you are not content, one of the things that happens is that it will, make you, it will make you rich for things that God has intentionally decided to withhold from you. You get it? There are some things that God doesn't want you to have it, so he is taking it from you. But, you know, your discontentment and you wanting to get things that are not yours will make you go for things that is not yours. You get it? Adam was not content. Of all the trees that he had, he still wanted to go for just one tree that God said, no, it's not for you. Sometimes that's how we also behave. It's like everything that you have, God is giving it to you, but just one thing that is in that it is not for you. Because you are not content, you are going for that. And especially a lot of things that we do, we do it out of discontentment. You remember the story of uh, Naboth and Ahab in the Bible? Ahab was the king of Israel. He had, it's like being the queen of the United Kingdom. Every place belongs to you. And Naboth had a small vineyard, or let's say a garden, in, let's say, in Nice. And the queen says that that particular garden that belongs to Naboth is what I want. That is what discontentment, when you read it in the Bible, you might not see it that way, but 
you, you yourself, you might have a lot of things, but just one thing that somebody has, because of that forwardness and discontentment, that is what you would want. You'll get it. Mm -hmm. And the last one, the snakes are considered to be white because they have continued to exist in an ever-modernizing world. You get it? As the world is changing, they are adapting to exist. You get it? As the world is changing, as the world is moving on, the snake is adapting to exist. You know, some snakes, you are saying that, oh, the climate change and everything is happening, so there are some animals are not able to, especially those in the polar regions, they, because the, the, the cold there is reducing everything. Some of, the, some of the animals are dying and all that. But when it comes to the snake, the snake is still being able to exist. What, what, what does it mean for you and I? The changing seasons of your life, the changing seasons of my life should not affect our commitment for God. You get it? The mere fact that you become richer does not mean that your commitment should reduce. Or the mere fact that you've lost your job does not mean that your commitment should reduce. Or the mere fact that your distance or where you are staying has become very long does not mean that your commitment should reduce. The mere fact that you have gotten a new job does not mean that your commitment should reduce. You should be able to work around situations that is in your life, in my life, still to be able to do the things that you want to do for God and even for your family. You get it. Don't come to the stage whereby now you say that, oh, now I have to cut off certain things, you know. Because as at those time, I had a lot of time. That's why when he called me, I was just at, at, I was just on speed dial. But now, very, very important commitments have come. So now we have to reduce some of the hours. You get it? Mm-hmm. You have to. You can't be doing church two hours. It's too long. I will watch it on Facebook Live. Now, because you have more assignments to do. So as I'm doing my assignment, I'll be watching it live as well. Your changing situations should not affect your commitment. You get it? The enemy, one of the things that the enemy has always been forcing to do is to get your attention off the things of God. You get it? Once he is able to get your attention off the things of God, he knows that it is just a matter of time. You get it? So don't take it very literally that, oh, now I don't even feel anything when I don't go to church. I don't feel anything when I don't read my Bible. I don't feel anything when I don't pray. It's like it has become a second nature. When I was talking to somebody and the person was saying that, oh, I did not come to church, but... I was not okay. I said, brother, you're in the right place. Because you're not, you feeling it means that still that edge is there. You get it? Because a time will come that you will not do it, but the edge will not be there. That means you are, it's just a matter of time. You know, it's like when you, when you, when you are doing some barbecue and you light up the fire. And even if you finish, you see that sometimes there will still be some flame. Because there's a little fire in it that is keeping it alive. Some of us, that is sometimes what happens. It's not that you, you, because actually the prayer, you don't pray. Actually the word, you don't read. You and I know that for two weeks, one month, sometimes two months, you've not read the Bible. You get it. Sometimes it's just that you, you see people, now that we have technology, people put it on their status. Philippians chapter 4, they say, oh wow. Then, that, that, that's my Bible for the day. We thank God. You get it. 
what, what you have left is actually the flame that is making you even look at. A time will come that even when you see it, you just, you just flip like, you just go to better stories. So don't get to that stage. Be like the snake. Even as you're, you are advancing in life, you are, because actually, that's what will be our portion. We all advance. We all do well. We all make it. You get it? But let it not be that when you are making it and things are becoming better, then you are stretching off your first love. You get it? The first love is something that you should not lose. Because when you start criticizing certain things, it shows what your first love is. You get it? Things that you were not criticizing before, now you are criticizing. Can't you see that now you are becoming too committed? Even since you started becoming too committed, what has happened? What is the difference between the first and second service? Are there not some people that repeat the first and second service? Why are we doing two services? What is the need for the two services? Is it not just electricity that we are wasting? When you come to church at 10 and you close at 12.30, you, you save some electricity. You see, your first love, you are losing it. That's why you are asking such questions. You get it. When, you know, like there are some thoughts that when it comes to your mind, you should, you should, you should worry that even that thought came. Because you know that initially it will not even come as a thought. You know, like for instance, you are a Christian, you come to church. Then at a point, you have some thoughts that you have to be at certain shrines or whatever. It, it, it looks extreme. It looks extreme. But you will not be surprised that for three weeks, for one month, for two months, because of certain things that you are doing, you are not coming. And it doesn't seem anything. Say, oh, God even understand. That thought of God in our, that should understand. She worry you. Who are you now? The, the, the language for God that God should understand. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is that let's try and learn something from the snake. That you hide yourself. That even in the midst of hatred, you will still be able to operate very well. That you be content. And the last one, you try as much as possible that even as your because you know as we say life happens maybe you get married you move to a different part of the world you do because it's not like oh it's only let's see 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 that's why i'm saying certain things no at a point you might not you might not even be in the uk or you might be in another part of, but all these things work irrespective of wherever you find yourself you get it that you try as much as possible because you see the Bible says that Jesus says that the enemy is going around looking for somebody that what he might devour. He's always looking around. And one thing that is very, very strange about the book of Job is that God said, have you considered my servant Job? So, oh, the answer that Job, the answer that the enemy gave, I'm like, wow. So that means the enemy knows, every, you know, he knows he's updated. You know, when Apple updates you to the, the current iOS. The enemy is updated to the T of your life, just that he knows that you are in a very safe place. He said, isn't it because of the hedge that you put around him? You get him? There are certain places that you are, like church, that because of that, it puts some level of protection and covering. Because anytime you come to church, if you come for our prayer meetings, you realize that we hardly raise, it's like you've come for, even if it's just two people that have come for the prayer, and the prayer that, oh, let's pray for ourselves. The rest of them, they are working, so they should go and work. We are praying for ourselves. No. 
All that we are doing is that we are praying for people in their work that forming some level of what? Le- level of protection and covering. You get it? So all the enemy wants to do is that. Because you see, if you want to, and remember we are the sheep of his pasture. That's what the Bible says. If the enemy wants to take a, a, a he just wants to isolate one. Just isolation. But the isolation mostly comes in very different ways. Sometimes it comes in you be having a very critical spirit. You get it? It's like suddenly you become very critical. Even when the even when the pastor is preaching and you were supposed to say John and he said mighty is about the scripture was mighty. Why did he say John? I think if you had added acts to it, it would have made it perfect. Critical spirit. You are being isolated gradually, you don't know. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? But make sure that you always find yourself in that. He said, the enemy said that haven't you provided a hedge? Haven't you? So he said, if, if you like take the hedge away, that means for even the hedge to be taken away, that means you just have to avail yourself for certain things to happen. I pray that all of us will not allow the hedge of protection around us to be taken away. And that we will learn something also from the serpent. Amen.